When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host Tom Bilyeu and I'm here with my beautiful, lovely, amazingly talented and insanely hardworking wife. Wow. Lisa Bilyeu. Do you know what today's topic is? I do. Oh, I was going to say because that was very specific, I kind of think, to today's topic. I am. How would that be? Oh, well then you'll... I do know the topic. I'm curious. Do you know the first so... question? No. Oh, well let's dive in. Let's dive in. That's why I actually thought you said it. No, not at all. All right. Well, this first question, and hello, everybody who's listening. This first question comes from Aram892. I'm not sure what that tag is, but okay. All right, and on. Um, hey, guys, at the heart of this issue, I'm having... Sorry. At the heart of this issue, I'm having with my lady and really with myself. How do you deal with feeling feelings of inadequacy or inferior, inferiority of feeling like your partner is better than you? Interesting. Um, well, it has nothing to do with your partner. So there's always going to be people that are better than you at everything in some things like that. That's inevitable. And so this is really a question of self-worth. So he's struggling with self-worth and it just so happens Mm. that he has somebody right next to him, which he's comparing himself against in a competitive way, which is very risky with your partner. So Um, He's got a lot of work to do in terms of developing a sense of self-worth. And I fully understand that self-worth, its greatest piece of foundation is actually doing something that you believe is worthy of self-praise. So at the end of the day, it's, you're never going to have a sense of self-worth if you're just sitting around, um, ignoring your goals, not being driven to pursue anything that's meaningful to you. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to want to be extraordinary or you know, play in a world stage or anything like that. It could be like, I want to be a great parent. I want to help people at the local soup kitchen. Like Whatever it is, but like whatever that goal is, you need to be driving towards it. You need to be really making meaningful strides. And we all have the sense of needing to be a part a meaningful contributor to the group. And if you're not doing those things, then you will forever struggle with self-worth. Now, assuming that you're doing those things and your problem with self-worth is based on comparison, comparison really is the thief of joy. I love that's one of those things that like I'll say until it becomes so trite. Um, that's super important to understand that if you're comparing yourself to somebody, n- almost no matter what, it's going to rob you of your joy. Because if you compare yourself to somebody that you're winning against, your mind is going to throw up something else, which is, well, what about this person? It's just how the mind works. So wanting his partner to win is going to be huge. So getting that base of self-esteem by moving meaningfully towards his goals, goals that mean something to him, and then training into his mind and his frame of reference, I want my partner to win. I want them to shine. I want them to be extraordinary. I because I remember at the beginning of our relationship, I didn't think you would find me attractive unless I was better than you at everything. And I remember the day that I was like, that's really dumb. Who wants to be worse at everything than the person that they're with? And the answer is absolutely nobody. So there's no question that part of attractiveness is thinking, whoa, that person's like really good. They've got that talent that I find sexy or appealing. But nobody wants to think, oh, they're better than me at everything. So finding those areas for his partner to shine, training himself to love it when his partner shines and when she's crushing and when she's better than him at something, and then understanding how they work together as a dynamic and both bring something valuable to the relationship is, is the punchline. Well, it was, I've got two things on that. Yeah. Number one, do you really and truly deep dig in, deep yeah, yeah, into your go. heart right now, mm-hmm. into your soul? Are you telling me you never compare yourself to anyone? No, of course not. Compare myself frequently. Right. But you use it to empower yourself. It gives you a bit of a chip on your shoulder. It pushes you, drives you even more. Have you ever found that it actually doesn't and it can be self-destructive? Most of the time Um, it's destructive. Most of the time. So, but 
So how, what do you do now? How do you go? You just okay. want to go straight to the advanced class, motherfucker. I do. Let's drag people I do. into the deep I'm, I'm waters. I'm practicing my deep questions. All right. Well, here's the reality. If I, I try not to spend a lot of time in comparison, so I'll say that it's 20% or less of my time is intentionally going and looking at people that are farther ahead than me and saying they're winning. Okay. And I do that because it hurts and it doesn't feel good. And I have a very visceral emotional reaction. Like if I were hooked up to brainwaves, you would see that, that there's, I'm looking at something that causes suffering. And that is very much the right word. I'm looking at something that causes suffering. That you're deliberately going after. Yes, but I'm just saying on the brainwave, you're not going to be able to tell right, that. You're sure. just going to see he's suffering. He's in pain. Like right. something isn't working. And so that's why like, I'm very cognizant to not spend a lot of time there. But advanced class, I think one of the things, this is advanced class, which you've taken me there. And so this is going to be confusing for people. But the reality is if you want to achieve the extraordinary, some percentage of your time has to be to cultivate a deep sense of dissatisfaction with where you are currently. Mm -hmm. But I was just talking to somebody today about they were spending 95% of their time there and they thought they were supposed to and it was giving them not only crippling anxiety but massive panic attacks. By, by saying, yeah, they, they have a very specific person in their life right. that they've mapped out like by what age they've hit certain milestones. Right. And so every time they miss a milestone that that person had hit, and by the way, they're one of the like historic greats right. at what this person wants to be great right. at. And, and so they've mapped out, and this person did this by this age, and that by that mm -hmm, age, and mm -hmm. you know, so on and so forth. And so now they're to the point where they've had to be rushed to the ER because they've gotten in such a panic attack, they can't catch their breath, and like mm -hmm. they're vomiting. And so um, that's how dangerous this is. Mm -hmm. So you really have to be in control of your emotions, be in control of how your thoughts go before you start dipping into that. So I have insane levels of control over my emotions. So I've learned how to not think about something if it's really distressing, how to move on to something I'm grateful for and obsess over what I'm grateful for, over what makes me feel good, learned how to meditate, to calm myself, all that. If I didn't have that bag of tricks, I wouldn't allow myself to spend right. time in comparison. I would see how deadly and dangerous right. it was and it would still happen, but I would always be trying to unwind myself out of it. It is only because I know that like I've got that um, lifeline. It's, it's like being a, a scuba diver, right? Like I've got the oxygen. I know how to swim back up. I've got my diving buddy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I've got all the things to make sure that I can safely get out of that situation. So that's the only reason that I spend some percentage of my time, less than 20%, comparing to kick me in the ass, to keep me motivated, to keep me pushing forward. But even that, I've had to learn to love myself and to feel really good about my ability to look at them without letting it damage my self-esteem. Mm. And I don't think many people can do that. When they start comparing themselves, it does damage their self-esteem. That suffering becomes chronic. They obsessively loop over it. And, and it's bad. And so, But yeah, it seems like your strategy is different from doing it with, in business, you comparing yourself, than in a, rela than in a relationship with me. Most definitely, because I'm not in a relationship with the person that I'm comparing myself to. Right. And then on top of that, I, I think that there's a very different dynamic. Like part of the reason that he, now I'm, I, I'm very much projecting. So and in fact, I won't say this has anything to do with him. This was my experience. So my experience was I wanted to make sure that you found me attractive. Um, and let's remember that we got together in our early to mid 20s. So like it was just all like sexual passion and like wanting to you to look at me like I was powerful and like like all those things like even the little smile that you have on your face right now you so know what I'm talking about so that period in my life I hadn't achieved anything and I was deeply insecure and so I so relished the look that you would get in your eye for me, that you were attracted to me, that you found me powerful. It was like this first sort of validation that I had from the world that like I was on a good path and that somebody found me interesting. And, um, and so I wanted to keep that going and I had misconceptions about what was creating that. And one of the misconceptions was that I thought 
you wanted me to be perfect, that you wanted me to be better than you and everything, that you found security in that, sexual desire in that. And so in misunderstanding that, it put me in this really insecure place and I wasn't even just being raw with you and saying, oh, I, I'm literally totally lost right now. I have no idea what I'm doing. So then that makes me feel even more insecure because now I feel like I'm having to craft an image around the person that I'm supposed to be like completely myself. Mm. Um, so in finally realizing that, that it didn't, there wasn't even logic to uphold that. Because we even had to talk about that. And I'd said to you like, yeah, because you had finally admitted to me about that's how you were feeling, which took me by surprise. Like I didn't realize it was such a, I guess, a conscious thing to like make you feel better. And I remember just saying to you, but I want to feel good too. Like, I want to be good at things. And I think I remember even seeing that shift in your eyes, like at that moment where it was like, fuck, yeah. 100,000%. Yeah. So the reason, the reason why I said, by the way, when we first started this about you said and hard working and based on this question is because the one thing I found that I'm bat- actually finding it much easier now, but over these last, let's say, probably three to six months, um, some people listening may know that I've got health issues, I've been battling with gut issues, so I have to eat at certain times, and I've been told now that I should meditate before I eat. And so I really do time my meals, so for instance, my dinner, I eat, I try to meditate, um, but then I'll go back to work. But no matter what, I stop work an hour before my sleep. And that's been a very conscious thing, obviously we're battling my health together, you've been my biggest champion, but I still battle with the fact that that one hour that I'm just resting, right? Cause I say to myself, put your laptop away. I don't pick up my phone. I put on crappy TV and I just like zone out, ha- watch my, you know, fun, mindless TV, but you're still working. And being your business partner, and I wonder if this is, would be different if we weren't business partners and it was my own like enterprise or something, I probably wouldn't feel as guilty, but because I'm your business partner and you're still working, that one hour I have felt so guilty um, that I'm not working. And I see that you work from the second you were up to the second you go to bed, I'll stop for the gym. Like I prioritize the gym in the mornings. And so I don't act the same way you do with certain things. If you see that there's certain things that are, take priority over the gym you'll just skip the gym easily I won't and so I know that like all these things that I've had to kind of see that you do that I actually don't do that I have chosen not to still makes me uncomfortable and I've tried to find time to be okay with the fact that I can't for my own health keep up with your pace and that makes me feel lazy like I know I'm not lazy compared to like I guess the rest of the world but next to you I look like a complete bum on the weekends, I'll spend a couple of hours, I'll play video games, if in, even if you're not playing, or you know, I'll do other things, watch TV or whatever, or draw, and you'll keep working. And so again, I'm like, here I am drawing, having fun, and you're over there working hard. And so I've really, really had to work on it. And I know that at one point you would come to me and ask me something during that one hour, I don't know if you remember this, it was like probably a month ago now, during that one hour of my break, you came up to the room where I was like relaxing and you asked me a work question or, hey, can you do this? And I turned to you and I said, no. I was like, I, I, I will if you need me to, but I need, I'm rest, like I'm resting right now. And immediately you were like, oh my God, of course, no worry, I'm so sorry, because you weren't thinking about it. But I felt guilty and I felt so guilty saying no to you. And look, I definitely said, if you need me to, I will happily. But it was hard because it's not naturally in me to push and say no. And then secondly, is that I want to be the best business partner I ever possibly could be to you. And in saying that or saying, hey, no, as I'm watching, you know, the real housewives on TV, it's difficult because you're busting your ass. And so I've really had to work on, you know, going back to this question where it says deal with the feelings of inadequacy, um, of inferiority. Like I've definitely felt that even though I know I'm doing it for the right reasons. And I found that even just talking to you about it really helped. And even saying to you, like, look, I, I know that um, I don't want to let you down, but I do need this time. And you understanding has really helped me, but it's still something that I'm really struggling with um, in regards to comparing my work ethic with yours. Because my mind wants to keep going, but my body just shuts down. That was amazing, by the way. And I hope that people really get something out of hearing you share like that. So what I'll say is 
do what fills your soul. Like, and, and I'll, I'm saying this as your husband and I'm saying this knowing that people are listening, but do what fills your soul, man. Like, we get one shot at this. And the thing I fear and hearing that even you get caught up in it terrifies me with the what, what I do when I put it out into the world via social media because people aren't hearing the, the second part. They hear the hustle. They hear the grind. They hear the, if I'm awake, I'm either working or working out. And they don't hear. I'm doing it because that's what fills my soul. Hmm. And there was a period in my life where I worked that hard and it wasn't filling my soul. And that's when I went in and quit. And I was ashamed of quitting and I was embarrassed by it. And for years, I didn't even want to talk about it. I wouldn't bring it up to my business partners. I remember one time apologizing and I just, even like saying the words, it really hurt me. But I never should have been sorry for that. I never should have been ashamed of that. That was me finally realizing this is taking away from me. Working this hard is robbing me of something. It's robbing me of joy. It's robbing me of becoming the person I want to become. It's grinding for the sake of grinding. And people don't stop and say, what am I doing this for? Whatever this is, like why am I in a relationship? Why do I have kids? Why am I working so hard for my family? Why am I working so hard for money? Why am I so ambitious? Like if, you, if the answer to all of that stuff isn't, it is the thing which fills my soul. You are missing an opportunity. You're wasting your life, I'll just say it. All right, but in, I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate there. So right now, and even, not even right now, my entire, since I've met you, one thing that fills my soul is you've been proud of me. I'm just going to be honest. So like a few weeks ago, we were away with our mums. You said it to my mum and your mum how proud you were of me and how you know I'm the best business part you, partner you could ever ask for and how much I've brought to the company and value to you. And like I was proud of that. That fills my soul. All right, so then so let's now, really go you, into that. Yeah. So you and I play a really dangerous game. And I'll, I'll say this, oh God, what is a great analogy? This only gets to the risk, but it's the analogy that I'm thinking of right now. Um, actually, here's a, here's a much better one. We allow the other person to prepare our meals and it would be very easy to give you fried food and candy and ice cream and it would deteriorate you over time. And ultimately, as we all know, what you eat will ultimately kill you or help extend your life. You doing that only works because you can trust me to nourish you that when the things that you do that make me proud are that I'm just as proud of you saying, no, I'm not going to do that because I need this downtime. If I got in a huff and was annoyed, I, I literally, you wouldn't be able to trust me. And then putting that level of codependence into me would be insanely dangerous. Mm -hmm. And it's already just way high risk to be codependent like we are intentionally. Um, and it only works because we're so conscious of the power that somebody gives and that you need to then reflect back healthy things, to be proud of you for healthy things, to be proud of you when you say no as much as I am when you say yes, that what I'm proud of is you becoming the person that you want to be, that you're chasing dreams that matter to you, that we're looking after your health and that when you say no, I need to meditate, I need to eat right, I need to take this time and that means that I'm not gonna do something for the business, that I'm like, absolutely, I'm so proud of you for that like looking after yourself, building a life that fills you, that makes you feel good about yourself, that you just feel like I'm making the most of my once around, right? That, that is the only way that that plays out well. And if you weren't getting that, if you didn't have a partner who was looking out for your best interests in those moments, then ugh, yeah. It, it would really, really be ugly. And we've all seen those situations where, I mean, this is why people say not to be codependent because it can turn abusive unintentionally, but it can turn abusive so fast mm -hmm. where if you were like, I'm really trying to do something for me, but like, I just, I really need you to do this for the business. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That would have, 
and we've developed a relationship where we can be honest with each other and like you said we don't we're not abusive to each other and I actually found that that really helped by me articulating that to you like look I feel bad right now saying no to you like instead of saying no because once upon a time I think I would have right like oh at the beginning of our relationship you were militant. I would have just been like no I can't and but looking back it's purely because I was trying to protect my ego my self-esteem but now I actually find empowerment is saying babe I, I, I really can't if you need me to, sure I will, but this is why I'm doing it. And even at the time I said to you, I need your help to try and remember not to ask me these sort of things while I'm resting, because I find it hard. Like admitting my weaknesses to you because I trust you and I know you're not gonna use that against me. And I, but I also know you've got a terrible memory, so I'm not expecting <laughs> you to like always do that. But at least if you can then be conscious as well to help me where I'm weak right now, um, I'd really appreciate it. And so you've been very good and, you know, we've kind of, I think, navigated those waters slightly. But going back to the filling my soul when you were saying that to my mom's, like, again, we've gone through that already. Um, and so I know that that is dangerous. And so I don't focus on that. And I don't think like, oh, he's so proud of me. So I'm going to keep going down this path. The one thing that we have always done is like really just be honest about those situations. So I even said to you, like, I'm really, really proud of, you know, when, in fact, let's take Quest, when I was back in the shipping department. I got so many accolades, right, from you and the guys about, like, I can't believe that you, like, have learned all this. And I loved that feeling so much, but I wasn't happy. Mm. And so I remember sitting with you and saying, look, there's two sides to this coin, and I don't know how to navigate. One side is I'm so impressed and proud of myself that I've gotten this far. And then secondly, like all of you guys are looking at me in amazement on how I've learned to, you know, deal with $80 million worth of product in shipping from the living room floor to, you know, what we had built. Mm. So it's like really conflicting. I remember saying like, but I'm not happy. And, you know, we navigated that as like, look, you have to do what is making you happy. You can't, I mean, exactly what you just said, right? You can't live of just trying to make other people proud because now you're really tying your self-esteem to how other people are reacting towards you and whether it's your husband or your partner or anything I think that is a hundred percent dangerous to do and so that's where me and you're always talking about we're codependent but even we have to be careful about being codependent and talking through things and when it can be dangerous no question all right second question let's do it all right this is from Steve Kane Tom and Lisa, my wife and I are struggling right now. We both work lots of hours, but I work more and find that I'm still doing a majority of the housework. I want to be sympathetic to her needs, but I'm feeling more stressed out because I feel like I'm pulling all the way. Can you shed some insight on how to approach this conversation? The great news is we dealt with this. Literally, Literally this exact yeah. issue. Uh, I'm going to guess that he cares about it more than she does, which about is why what? doing the housework. Oh. It's not like they broke up their list of chores and just gave more to him. It's she's like, I'm burning out. And so I'm just not going to do some of the housework. And he has some standard, I'm sure, given to him by his family. That's like, no, this stuff has to be done. And so he works his ass off, comes home, is, is exhausted and thinks all this work has to be done. She's had more time off and she's not doing it. What the fuck? Does she not care about me? When in reality, she doesn't care about the housework. So if you took it as a sign of how much I care about you with how much housework I did, you would think I hated you. <laughs> but like housework is a fucking joke. It is a waste of time. It will never fill my soul is the truthful answer. I used to think you were nuts when you said that because I was absolutely brought up in a household where it's like as soon as you ate, you washed the dishes, you put them away, you tidy up like nothing ever happened. And when I met you and you're like, I'm not freaking wasting my time. I was like, he's nuts. How do you live like this? How do you not make your bed? But now I'm obviously in your Making camp. the bed is still crazy. Like that's pure insanity. I don't, anybody listening right now, if you make your bed, shame on you. If you want a fighting chance against the competition, you need to be using the best technology and platforms in the world like Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. Now, I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy for you to start, 
run and grow your business. It didn't used to be this easy. I'm telling you back in the day, it was a lot harder. I'm so jealous. Shopify powers more than 10% of all US e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly and efficiently choose Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash impact now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Shame on you. <laughs> the only reason to make your bed is if there, I forget who it was. It was like, start your day by making your bed because then at least one thing has gone in the right direction. <laughs> I don't struggle with that. So yeah. making the bed is for me with my mentality, just absolutely criminal. But we had the discussion about that. So I was I was a stay-at-home wife, you were out working. When I started and we started building Quest, I transitioned over to full-time. And this is another thing going back to comparison, is that your burnout level is way higher than mine. So I will go like at 1,000 miles an hour in the gym and then 1,000 miles an hour at work and then like I crash. You will go, 999 miles an hour and keep going longer. So it's like I crash way earlier than you right, with very I'm little. I'm gonna have to interrupt here. Very little more gun. I go if a thousand miles is all out, then I go a thousand miles an hour, 100. I can't even allow <laughs> like that comment to stand. Like, ouch. So but maybe, do you know what I mean though? I know what you mean. And we definitely have very, very different breaking points in terms of when something begins to wear on us and all that. So for instance, your pain threshold is insanely right. higher than mine. So that's why like you love the gym and like you will push yourself. And, and I don't know if people think I'm joking, but like I have to, like you have to switch off your brain that you need t- downtime um, and I don't. And so you don't, comparing yourself to me in that way is very dangerous for you. I'm the same with the gym. I can't compare myself, what I'm willing to do in the gym to you because then I'm gonna start feeling really badly about myself. And so it's not that I'm not going all out. Like I go all out. It's, I think that I am more emotionally rewarded by what we're trying to build than you are. And thusly, it gives to me longer, just as you are emotionally rewarded in the gym in a way that I'm not. And so you can, I was literally thinking about it today. We walked into the gym at pretty much the same time. And then I finished the gym, went and got ready, and then was leaving for my first meeting. And you were still in the gym. I like took a shower, I shaved, I got ready, like all of it. And you were still in the gym. And I was like, yeah, no. 
I'm never doing it. Like that's such an absurd use of time right. for me, right. given how much it hurts, how little I like it, what I'm trying to accomplish. Like it's just crazy. But you love it and therefore you can commit to it in a way that I can't. That I won't. I don't want to. Right. It's just not interesting to me. So that, you know, the extra amount that I work is is an interest in desire, an interest in love for. It is not in um, worth or hardcoreness or anything like that. Like you're a weight. You're you're a beast. And just wait. I'm gonna have to pull you off of women of impact stuff. It's crazy because you click into women of impact the way that I click into um, the main narrative storytelling stuff that we're doing. So all like the the insane amount of work that David Kim and I have been doing on the comic book, like that's. I feel about that the way you feel about Women of Impact, where it's like, yeah, it's crazy. You, you will, I'm actually scared because you'll make yourself sick with Women of Impact because you're so into it. And so I'm going to have to like, hey, you need to meditate. Hey, you need to eat your meals. Like you will wither away into nothingness. So trust me when I say this is not a question of one going more hardcore than the other. In fact, anybody listening right now, the only reason that they're not going as hard in their life as I am or you are is because they don't love what they're doing like I do. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's very true. But going back to the burnout thing, I burn out way quicker than you. Yeah, but now we're dealing with biology. You've got a totally messed up microbiome, yeah. which influences your ATP production. Like that, that what people may hear in that is it's a willpower or a mental right. strength no. or something. Nope, it is entirely biological. Meaning that, who knows, maybe five years from now it'll be completely different and we've rehabbed your microbiome and all of that and now you just have all the energy in the world and also I think meditation is big. You don't deal with stress as well as That's I do. True. So the stress begins to pile up, pile up, pile up, pile up and I have gotten really good at compartmentalizing. If something is really fucking stressing me out, I close a door, I bar it up, I safe room that shit. I don't forget that it's there because I need to go back and deal with it because simply locking it away will turn it into a festering wound. But locking it away whilst you do something else and then come back to it in a very acute way and say, okay, for the next hour or whatever, I'm dealing with this and I'm dealing with nothing but this and I'm going to process through, I'm going to take the steps, I'm going to make it go away. But when I'm not dealing with it and it's time to deal with something else, I fucking padlock that thing yeah. away. And so getting good at that, that's something that I would love to see you get better at where you can, again, this is not fail to deal with something. This is only deal with it when it's time to deal with it. It's not let it linger in the background all the time, which is what you do. And so this stuff becomes like this big ball of stress and you haven't put in the hours of meditation that I put in. So it's like you don't have any way to reset. You're not able to lock it away momentarily and you're not able to meditate it to where you can drop that background radiation to nothing. So it just builds and builds and builds. Well, going off that and then with house chores. So we we haven't prioritized the house stuff. Like we, now, I don't make the bed. What's the first thing you do in the morning? I don't make the bed. What's the first thing you do in the morning? What's the first thing I do? You really don't know. Like you're actually on autopilot, aren't you? What do you mean, yeah. Oh my God. You morning? clean the kitchen. Do I really? Are you serious? I don't really clean the kitchen. No, that's no, a well, lie. The, the, oh my God. I wish we had a live feed of this house like Big Brother. I promise you the first they thing she does, even on the weekends, now I'm looking to the people here because I need them to know that this is true. Even on, in fact, more so on the weekends than during the week, but she does it both. She gets up and she starts cleaning the kitchen. And I'm like, what are you doing? First of all, we have a cleaner. And then second of all, like, do you really not have better things to do with your time? Well, so, okay, so I, I tidy a little. Uh, but and I, I knew I don't this wanna, was, was going to be a definition wanna, of terms. Well, hang on, I don't want to get caught up in that. Let me uh -huh. make my point, okay? So everyone Please. listening, yes, I tidied the kitchen. I tidy it Every a day, little. seven days a week. So my point being... For 30 to 60, <laughs> sometimes 90 minutes. <laughs> yep. My point is... Oh, you've ruined my point now. So the point is, is that you work way harder than I do way more hardcore, longer hours. When I started working full time and we started building a business, we sat down and went over all the responsibilities we had because I was taking care of all the bills, all the groceries, the puppies, literally like, who's daddy? I don't know, they never see you. I'm the one that feeds them, walks them, everything. Yep. Then cut to I'm full time business, 
And I realized I was burning out and I was like, I can't do both. I've taken on these responsibilities, but now that I'm working full time with you, I can't physically do both. And so we sat down and we broke up the things. Okay, so what chores are you going to take over or what responsibilities are you going to take over and what responsibilities am I going to take over? I think A, that was massive and I think everybody needs to have that discussion with their partner. But also what is important to you? Because if there's something that you really don't care about, like the dishes, for instance, we like, I really don't care. Like, I don't care if I have to use paper plates or if the dishes were always dirty. I don't, I will start being resentful if one of my chores is doing the dishes because that's time taken away from the business. So I really heard you. And so from that, I stepped away and said, okay, well, it's unfair to ask him to do something he really doesn't care about. So now it's on me. Either I care enough about the dishes, I'm going to schedule it in my time, or I'm going to start to say, screw it, I don't care about the dishes as well. But to put that task on you when you don't care isn't fair, and we'd come to that agreement. So we put all the things that we do care about down, and then we divided up the chores. Slowly over time, I think you actually ended up taking on a lot more chores than I did. And then going back to the burnout, I think you realize I can't work at the level that I work and do all the other things and still be healthy and, you know, stay in a good space with my stomach and mind. Um, So in saying that, you've never made me feel guilty about the fact that you do more than I do. Um, And so I think in these situations with um, Stephen, I think that was his name, um, is that yes, Steve, um, is that basically sit down with your partner and have that honest conversation, write it out, like do it like a business, right? Write out all the chores that you have to do collectively, divide them up and then take into account no personalities. So if you didn't care about me, you'd be like, hang on, this isn't equal. I work hard, right? You could have a million times you could have said to me, babe, I work way more hours than you do. I work longer. I work on the weekends. Um, and I still do more chores than you know, that's not fair, but you don't because you know, and we've had the discussion about my health, about the outcome. And so we've gotten on the same page. So I think it's really important to really have the logistical conversation of the tasks, but also the emotional conversation about what's going to make that other person happy, what their desires are, what they feel they're they're going to be resentful over. Cause that's one thing I never want, right? We always talk about dust settling. We never want to resent each other. And the truth is, if you were doing your dishes every single day and I, you know, was basically kind of gave you an ultimatum or whatever, like you would start to get resentful. And every time you would do a dish, you would start to curse me and you would start to think, you know, curse me in your mind. That's the British phrase. I don't know if they came across aggressive, but you, you know, would be have start having negative feelings towards me. And that becomes dust settling. Yeah. And the other thing that I will say that was huge for us is. And this was something that in in the early days, I think you struggled to hear me saying was you believed it was objectively obvious that cleaning had to be done. Yeah. And I needed you to understand that that was a value system that you had Mm -hmm. that was not objectively true. And so I'm going to guess that Steve has a value system that he doesn't realize isn't universal. It's not objectively right. There is no... A moral imperative to clean. It's like, it, it, what are your priorities? What are your goals? And he shouldn't feel guilty about believing the place should be clean, but his wife, girlfriend, whatever, also shouldn't feel guilty if that's not a priority for her. And so they have to decide, you know, what is a priority? What gets time? And if they don't agree, then it's like, my thing is, I'm a dick if I expect you to clean and I'm not prepared to help. I'm not a dick if I don't expect you to clean and don't expect myself to clean either. And if you choose to clean anyway in the face of that, that's on you. So, and if you can't be with somebody that isn't into tidying, fair enough. Now you have a collision of values. And we've talked about that many times before. And you either process through the collision of values or you move on. Mm. But simply being annoyed and being upset with that person because they don't share your value, like, People need to understand that they are just values. They are the thing that you value. They are not universally true. So I'll say, don't kill. That's pretty universal. Don't beat your significant other. That's universal. Don't make them, don't intentionally make them feel badly about themselves. All universals. Cleaning, making your bed, all that kind of stuff, not universal at all. They are simply things you have decided are valuable. Don't put your value system on somebody else. Yeah. That's true. And even going back to our roles in our relationship with me 
working full time and um, the structure of our lives, I still want to feel like a good wife though. And that's purely on me. That's my value, right? I was brought up and I really do believe like I want to be a great wife. I want to take care of you, but I also want to be a strong woman. I want to be independent and I want to be an entrepreneur. And I, growing up, I was taught you can't have both. And just in leading our own lives, in developing, you know, impact theory and mindset, it's like, yeah, you can, you absolutely can do both, but you may not be able to do both all the time. And so we had that discussion like, hey, I really want to take care of you. I want to be a good wife. And you've leaned into it and said, yes, I would love it. But you've made it very clear that's not an expectation um, on a daily, weekly basis. And so we spoke about that and I said hey but I really want to feel like this so I used to make you all your food I used to put out your clothes I mean literally like um you didn't have to think of anything outside of work and so now we just had the the, I guess the discussion and the understanding and the balance even though I don't love that word but of look I'm not gonna be your wife during the week in essence right we're gonna be business partners um I can't take care of you like that on a breakfast lunch and dinner basis because I'm working but hey, on the weekends, I really want to fulfill that. And you say, well, there's a food that I like. So now every weekend I'll make you, you know, one of your favorite meals at least once on Saturday and at least once on Sunday. And it's become rather scheduled, to be honest, but I still get what I want out of it because I still feel like I'm taking care of you. I'm giving you this thing. You're always very appreciative of it, but it's not an expectation on your part to do it every day. Um, and then sometimes I'll just be honest. And if I've had a really hard week, I'll be like, babe, do you mind if I, you know, just throw everything on a plate instead of cooking it for you? And you're always very understanding. But we've had those discussions as well, because the last thing I ever wanted in our relationship is for one day to blink. And, you know, now knowing you as well as I do, this would never happen. But the fear was you blink and in two years time, you turn around to me and you say, I haven't taken care of you. I don't make your favorite meal anymore. And my response would be, why didn't you tell me that two years ago so that I can figure out how to navigate both? I can figure out how to be a great wife and I can figure out how to still accomplish my desires and my dreams in the business world. Um, so I think couples should really talk about that. Like, what are you looking for from the person and what do you want to give to them? And then how do you schedule it? God, I know that that sounds really um, robotic. You make sure it happens. Make sure it happens, yeah. All right, um, we've got a would you rather segment. Let's do it. All right, would you rather? Would you rather have a partner who's always honest with criticism and never compliments you or a partner who always gives you honest compliments but can't criticize you? B. A partner who always gives you honest compliments but can't criticize you? Yes. Do you know how destructive it would be if all the person did was criticize oh, you? Oh, yeah. Like, no thanks. I I'll so- take that in, in a business partner. I'm not going to take that in a fucking spouse. Interesting. So it's different. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like at some point you need somebody who's on your team. Like, and look, what I want is somebody who can both honestly compliment and Mm, criticize mm, mm, for sure. But if you only get criticism, like, no, thanks. Even, but you said, but from your business partner. I could deal with it. Okay. Because I don't have, I'm not trying to be, get any nurturing from a business partner. You want to be a good business partner? Do both. But like. In a, in a marriage, absolutely forget it. I think I've been spoiled because you've only really been my business partner. So it's kind and of... And never your husband? I... You mean I've only been... I've been yeah. your only business yeah, partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So I think I've been spoiled a little. You've been spoiled a lot. I'll be really <laughs> honest. I'm, I'm going to keep it really real with you right now. But having said that, and, and this I said off camera, off mic... The other day, you are an extraordinary... You're by far the best business partner I've ever had. Aww. Like... On, on another planet, work ethic, ability, the way that you balance like the encouragement with the like, hey, we really need to look at this, that's not working, like honest criticism um, is, it was almost shocking the other day when I was thinking about, I've so gone into the creative world now with what we're building that you've just picked up the slack on other stuff without missing a beat, without complaining, anything, just like, and I was like, wow. Talk about somebody who, when I need to zig, they're there to pick up the zag. I mean, it was amazing. I got your zag. Yeah, 100%. And you read me so well that, yeah. It's just, I think that's uh, really helpful, though, to be honest, when you know someone that well to just, like, slip into, like, I don't have to ask. I don't have to even discuss with him. Like, yeah. I know this is, yeah, I mean, I think this I've is I've literally a great said system. this since the beginning of our marriage. 
marry a good Greek girl. I just can't give any better advice than wow. that. Yeah, marry. There are find, some crazy Greek girls out there. If I'm going to be honest, though. I said marry a good Greek girl. Yeah, I didn't say to marry true. the crazy ones. <laughs> I didn't say just marry a Greek girl. Um, that's true. But yeah. All right. Would you rather? Is she good girl? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Love that movie. Um, all right. Would you rather have the ability to know everything that is going on in your partner's mind, or have the partner, or your partner have the ability to know everything that's going on in your mind? Oh, for sure, oh. know everything on their mind. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So that that would be extraordinary. A because I believe that I can communicate what's on my mind very effectively, um, but then B, yeah, like it, honestly, honestly, if there were a way. And I read this book, I know I've said this before, I read this book when I was a kid where these, it was like an alien race and they could connect like these two like tails, let's say. And they could connect their tails. And when they did that, there was a complete transfer of their like entire consciousness so that you knew everything they knew, everything they'd ever did, shameful, beautiful, everything in between. And because of that, like shame in essence didn't really exist because you were so transparent to each other. And I always thought, wow, that would be so cool to have with somebody where it's like, it's just every, every like nuance of insecurity, every nuance of the things that you're proud of, like all of it mm. in like one just bundle of who you are that you could hand to that person would be pretty extraordinary. Language gets you, honestly, like even if you're uber transparent like we are, where does it get you? 40% of the way? I know, it's like, weird how sometimes even you, now, you you're just like, oh, can't. I can't even that. It is, it is a failure of, of the way that language works yeah. that you can't Sorry. convey in any raw sense the, the way that it feels mm -hmm. to like hear that, be in that position, whatever. Like, oh man, now we're really gonna derail. But the other night when you guys had wrapped your Women of Impact um, dinner, and there was four or five of you left and you guys were in such a mode where you were you had had such an amazing night everybody's guard was down you guys were giggling and the way that you were talking i thought i don't understand women i don't even know them like they're not yeah. from this planet and it was one of those moments where i thought i don't know if i'll ever and clearly i am now but i don't know if i'll ever talk about this on camera because it's so controversial because in that moment i thought whoa we're actually more different than i've ever realized because you when i say that in an infinite universe guys never have and act never have the conversation or act the way that you guys were acting and it what was are you doing? Yeah, it, it, it was, just there's thinking. nothing. I just was gonna say, I don't The way remember. that you guys were talking and giggling and being sweet and like, I was just like, yep, never. I've never had a conversation like that. Now I've had the male equivalent mm. where your guard is down and like you're broing out and like it's totally defenseless and fun and amazing. It's just, it is night and day different. Hmm. And it really made me understand like, okay, so the Women of Impact book that you're working on, it's like, in some ways I will be powerless to be useful to you because really truly at the core of it is something very unique to the female experience. And we just had um, Cynthia Pasquella on health theory and I, I almost went into it with her, Michelle, where I just wanted to, because she said, oh, I'm going to talk from the female perspective because I know I'm a woman and I know them better. And I've heard her go into it on shows sometimes and it's so interesting and I really, it just, it does make sense to health theory, but like I really wanted to talk about like what is that core fundamental like difference in experience? And I bring this all up because as much as you try to tell me, mm. I got a far deeper glimpse just by walking by a group of women who believed they were in, a, and this is a big part of how I was able to see that moment, I had stayed downstairs the whole night. So it was just women. And so you guys were in a, a way of being that I think you would only be when it has just been women mm. for hours and hours and hours. And so you've totally like relaxed into the way that women are with women. Mm. And so I was sort of passing by in your like really safe space while you guys were still in that zone. And so I was like, whoa, like it was the closest to being a fly on the wall. Like when guys are like, oh, I wish I could be a fly on the wall. If that's pretty close to that, I think that men would be pretty surprised by just the vibe. And that's it. There's no words that were coming out that were specific. Just a vibe that 
I don't normally get to witness. Well, in having witnessed it, is mm. there any learnings that you... Words that I can put to it? No, that's the problem. Nothing that you learn, you're like, oh, I've never no, remember. Not that... Oh, God. Um, it's so unthought through, I will only throw myself into a boiling pit of tar okay. to try to like put words and then yeah. people be like, it's not like that. You're fucking like generalizing. So that is a nightmare waiting to happen. But I think it, it's interesting though to hear like what you've learned about women. Like I remember when I first- tell you all about it in the privacy of our own bedroom, but right now yeah. it's so too unthought think about through. It, yeah. yeah. Cause I'm interested to know. Cause it was like when I, um, so A, the um, I now give out these little baggies um, at the dinners and it's always things that are either created by women to help other women entrepreneurs like up and coming businesses or it's books that I felt like have impacted me. So of course the book that I put in was The Female Brain which mm. um, people, anyone who's listened to this podcast or ever me talk, that book has like literally changed my life. Um, because it was so impactful because it allowed me to understand women, obviously myself, right? Understand why I feel certain things, understand why I react in a certain way, understand how me and you sometimes collide. Um, and so when I gave out the books to everybody, I literally said, and guys, you've got to get your other half to read it as well. Because to me, and it's kind of like with the Women of Impact podcast that we're starting, um, is that I don't see it as just being for women. Like this is one of those, I think everybody can learn something. So if you're a guy, can you learn something about how your woman is um, so that it can help your relationship? And I always think that's so important. And when I first met you, you were one of the first guys that ever said you watched Sex in the City. And I remember like, wow, you watch it? Cause I had always thought of it as a female thing. You're like, you know how much I've learned from that show? Um, and so I think that trying to understand the other person instead of putting the judgment on them is like really, really useful. Um, because if you can understand why people do certain things the way they do it, I think you can help navigate conversations, disagreements, things that we've had in the past that um, I think has allowed us to really navigate you knowing how my brain and me knowing mine as well. Word. Um, all right, I think we've got one more, one more would you rather. We kind of like took a detour on that one. Um, all right, so last one. Would you rather have a partner who consistently neglects your needs or a partner who never opens up about her, her or his needs? Give that one to me again. Would you rather have a partner who consistently neglects your needs or neglects a partner who never needs, opens up? Uh, I think a partner who never opens up. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably the real answer. Oh, that's me. terrible. I'm a bad person, but yeah. Why are you a bad person? For being more worried that they don't neglect my needs than that they don't express their needs. Because if they're not expressing their needs, it means I'm neglecting theirs. But you may not be neglecting because you could always try to By help, accident, them, help them hit on their needs. <laughs> help them overcome it. Like, whereas if it's yours, you, it you are hilarious. We have to compile these. Every would, would you rather is you saying how you would help them out of this situation. Literally everyone. The point of really? a would you rather is it is a permanent really? state of affairs. You can take, I've, I've made this comment alone like six times. Every time you're like, well, I'd help them out of that and they would no longer because be in that I position. Because I believe in my capabilities of being hey, able respect, to help them out. Respect, respect. Oh dear. All right. Well, that's all we have time for. That's it, guys. That Thank note. you so much for joining us for this episode of Relationship Theory. It is always, always an honor and a pleasure. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And if you're um, willing to, and if you have gotten value out of these, going to review, rate and review this would be immeasurably helpful. That is the one thing that would just be huge, huge, huge for us. Um, it helps us grow this and reach more people, which at the end of the day is really what we want to do is touch as many lives as we can. So please go rate, review five star, if I might uh, suggest. If we've added value, that'd be incredible. And follow me, Lisa Bilyeu, in yes. case anyone's listening and not following. 100% do that. She is on point with her social. And if you want to follow me, I'm at Tom Bilyeu. And until next time, be, be legendary. legendary. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.